2: Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Thursday, February the 25th, and we've got a lot coming up today, including reaction to how GCSEs and A-levels are going to be assessed, new homeless stats in Kent, and a social media site that all parents need to be aware of. And you definitely need to listen out for that. But first, a damning report into the emergency department at Kent's biggest hospital has found patients were spending too long in ambulances and didn't get the care they needed in time. In Inspectors visited A&E at Medway Maritime in Gillingham in December following concerns about patient safety. The department has now been rated inadequate by the Care Quality Commission. I've been speaking to Cath Campbell, who is Head of Hospital Inspection in the South East. So
1: when we uh, went on the inspection, we found that patients were uh, waiting to, uh, in ambulances to get into the department far too long. Uh, when they were in the department, um, they were waiting far too long uh, to be admitted to the hospital if they needed additional treatment. Um, and we also found that, that patients um, who may be deteriorating, um, they weren't escalated quickly enough, so their care wasn't escalated quickly enough. So if a, a nurse needed support for the doctor, that wasn't, that wasn't uh, uh, identified and, and gained quickly enough.
2: Obviously we've had an awful lot about the pressure that hospitals have been under in those circumstances and the vast amount of people that were going into a and E at Medway and were in medway generally should the hospital have been coping better in your opinion do you think
1: you know in a pandemic situation we don't um, uh, we haven't uh, uh, taken the decision to inspect lightly at all um, uh, and so um uh, you know we've weighed up all the information before we've gone in um, what i would say is that that people should receive high quality care all the time we know that there are challenges and that the organizations are working under extreme pressures um, but these things we would, would likely have found during uh, normal times not just within the pandemic period
2: Hospital bosses have been told to make significant and immediate improvements. The trust chief exec has sent us a statement and says they've implemented an improvement plan. Well, let's hear now from Dr Julian Spinks, who's a GP in Medway. He's been chatting to Joe over at our colleagues at KMTV.
3: My first feeling is it's very sad. Uh, Medway went through a long period when it was in trouble, seemed to improve, and now it seems to have slipped back, particularly to do with A&E. Uh, but I also have sympathies because it's been, during a time when it's been under enormous pressure, we have to remember it serves uh, Medway and Swell, two areas which had the highest COVID rates in the country. So it's not surprising that the AE came under pressure.
4: When you see that, and I suppose that's the perspective that has to be given, that there, that, you know, there was an inspection in the middle of a pandemic and not every hospital was inspected across the country. Nevertheless, some of the parts where they needed to improve on are of serious concern. The one that I pick out mostly is is that the department did not always control infection well and increasing the risk of cross infection. In the midst of a pandemic, that one does not, doesn't make a nice reading for people who have people going into hospital for, for, you know, regular treatments.
3: I think the presence of a pandemic doesn't excuse uh, not getting the basics right getting people through the department, monitoring them, making sure infection control was there and uh, GPs and their patients both want a service which is safe, uh, that is good quality and is prompt and it's obvious at the moment that Medway are struggling to achieve this. Um, Obviously
4: it's been a tough effort on staff and it's taken its toll on staff throughout this pandemic and Do you think they're overworked? Because there was one part of that report that said that not always keeping detailed records of patient's care. Um, Is it the case that they're so far stretched and were so overwhelmed with what was going on in these rates that actually they weren't able to do their job properly?
3: The report does point out that staff were working incredibly hard to try and maintain a, a good quality service. And I think uh, not keeping adequate records and things like that may be as a result of that, because when you are under massive pressure, you will tend to prioritise looking after the patients rather than the paperwork. But of course, both are equally important going forward. Kent
0: Online Reports.
2: Not Good Jobs news today as Asda announces it's closing a warehouse in Kent. The site in Dartford, where online orders are put together, is going to be closed as part of a restructure by the supermarket giant. It's thought around 800 staff work at the units, which are also used by Click & Collect customers. We've got some reaction from Kent now to confirmation teachers will grade GCSEs and A-levels this year. The exams were cancelled a while ago, and the Education Secretary has been in the Commons today and said no, algorithm will be used to determine the grades after all of that controversy that you might remember last summer. Brianna Gallagher from Medway is currently studying for her GCSEs and is pleased she won't have to sit exams.
5: Yeah well when I found out that the exams were cancelled I was actually quite happy because we've missed out on so much learning that I thought the exams were going to be like really hard to do Um, but the little mini exams I think they're better Because it's like less stressful to do a smaller exam than just a one big exam at the end of the year. I prefer to do coursework and like the little mini assessments because it seems like less pressure to do a smaller exam than just one big exam that all of your years of hard work just goes towards that one exam and it's like a lot of stress to make sure it goes perfect. A
2: Chatham man who sent anonymous threatening text messages to his own girlfriend has avoided being sent to prison. Anthony Clark from Maidstone Road told his partner he'd tried to catch whoever was responsible. Police later traced the numbers to him. The 36-year-old admitted harassment charges and has been given a suspended sentence. He's also got to do rehabilitation sessions. There's been a significant drop in the number of people sleeping rough in Kent, but the Kent Online podcast has been warned of a potential crisis in the future. Snapshot data released today shows on a single night last year there were just over 100 people living on the streets in the county. That's 55% down since 2018. Well, the government made a big effort to house rough sleepers during the pandemic, but Sean Cullinane from Emmaus Dover has concerns.
6: I'm not surprised by the figures um, because the government had that all in, believe, all in program, um, everyone in, so that they could um, provide people with some form of accommodation during the pandemic lockdown, the first one starting last March. Um, so I believe they were putting people into hotels and bed and breakfasts and that, that type of accommodation. Um, for their
3: own safety you know. So just do um, you think that um, as restrictions start to get lifted potentially that we may see the the figures increase again um, for example next year or, or do you think that is something that will continue from the government?
6: Our concern really at Emmaus, and I mean us as Emmaus UK is that no one in this country should be sleeping rough nobody should be sleeping rough, you know. There should be accommodation of some shape or form offered to these people with assistance to get their life back on track. But we, we believe a big problem is going to be a new rise in evictions, because there's, there's, there's hundreds of thousands of people who are in rent arrears. Um, the problem is now when the fur, furlough ends and landlords can go back to evicting what they would term bad tenants, is nationally there's gonna be hundreds of thousands of people who could be put in a position where they can't afford to pay their arrears. So what's gonna happen to them? You know, uh, the the numbers are low at the moment, which which is a great thing to see for for people sleeping rough. But we are concerned what's gonna happen nationally when we come out of this, what's gonna be put in place to assist these people to work between the tenants and the landlords, and the government or other agencies to try and resolve the problems of the arrears and stop people being put out on the
2: Just to put today's stats into a bit more context for you, we've been looking at the data that dates back to 2010 and the number of rough sleepers in Kent at that time was just 68. So the figures released today show a 52% rise over the past decade.
0: The Kent Online Podcast with Serenity Parks.
2: Now, a Kent social media expert is warning parents about an online video chat room, which is becoming increasingly popular amongst children. Omegle connects you to a random stranger with both video and audio connected now that means children can end up speaking to adults and there's also no way to block or report users well before we hear from Zoe Kens, I'm joined on the podcast by reporter Megan Carr who logged onto the site to see what it was like so Megan what happened when you logged on then
5: I've I've never been on the site before and I really didn't know what to expect um the first the first person that I connected to was actually uh, straight away showing me themselves inappropriately um, on call. Um, again, this was literally 10 seconds into my first ever experience in Amigal. I didn't change anything on the website. I didn't put any filters on. I just pressed start video meet, And um, yeah, the I just I can't actually believe what I saw. I didn't realise quite how easy it was to, you know, see this almost pornographic content on this website that's got absolutely no warnings. Um, You know, I'm very aware that it's been around around since 2009 um, and this is by no means a new website. But I just had no idea how accessible this adult content was.
2: Yeah, and I think it's grown in popularity because it's kind of been promoted a bit on TikTok. I mean, how concerned would you be that children could see that content? Because as you say, you logged on and you saw it straight away.
5: Definitely. I mean, TikTok has obviously become very big and popular over lockdown and um, more and more young users are on TikTok. Um, Because of TikTok, there is now a Omegle trend. Um, So, you know, the younger users on TikTok might want to see what it's all about, get involved with a new trend, Um, and all they have to do is, it's just a simple Google search of Omegle, and it comes up, Um, you know, it it really did shock me how easy it was to access, Um, you know, kids are being encouraged by TikTok, which has a younger audience, to go on Omegle, and there is no age restriction, there is no you know, Signed for consent forms. There's no um, anything that will be flagged up. Um, and what worries me is the fact that Omegle has been around for a really long time. And I feel that maybe some adults that aren't as clued up on the internet or don't really know about trends would just have no idea what this website actually entails and what could be, you know, at the end of the day, something horrific that a child could see.
2: Thanks ever so much, Megan. Well, as I say, we have been speaking to social media expert Zoe Kenz. She's actually been chatting to reporter Jamie Long and agrees with Megan that the website is incredibly dangerous.
0: I would definitely not let um, be letting children, young people be looking at this website at all. I can't see that there's anything to filter or even block or report any of the graphic content or anything that goes on on there, which is a little bit alarming, because most of the platforms have that block and report feature. This doesn't seem to have anything and so if you're seeing any of this type of content on this platform you need to reach out to a guardian or a parent to let them know
3: and how can parents keep an eye on what their children are doing online as well whether it's for this website or for social media in general
0: I think understanding, you know, what your, your young person is doing online is really important and, you know, looking at the internet and um, safety service online and um, looking at different types of um, services that can, you can actually keep up with uh, what's new and what is trending is really important as, as a guardian and as a parent. And I know that life is busy and it's challenging right now, especially with homeschooling and stuff like that, but we really need to make sure that when our young people have, you know, computer. Computer time and phone time and iPad time that we understand what they are looking at online.
1: Kent Online reports.
0: There's no date yet for when the Operation
2: Brock contraflow system on the M20 will be removed. The narrow lanes and 50mph limit were put in place between Maidstone and Ashford to try and keep traffic moving after the end of the Brexit transition period. Despite no major problems since France closed its border because of Covid before Christmas, the Ashford MP says the plan is to keep it in place for the time being. A Kent Music Festival has been postponed by a week so it can still take place after lockdown restrictions are hopefully due. Due to end. The Black Deer event in Tunbridge Wells is now scheduled for June the 25th through to the 27th. Organisers are hoping Boris Johnson's roadmap all goes to plan and major gatherings will be allowed by then. An Kent schoolboy who raised over a million pounds during the first lockdown is getting a gold Blue Peter badge. Tony Hudgel from Kings Hill was inspired by the late Captain Tom to do a charity walk despite having to learn to use his new prosthetics. The six-year-old is among. Seven children being recognised, footballer and campaigner Marcus Rashford and environmental activist Greta Thunberg are also being presented with a gold badge.
1: Kent Online Sports.
2: Football and the season is officially over for Kent teams playing in the Isthmian League and the Southern Counties East League. It's been declared null and void for the second year running because of the pandemic. Our sports reporter is Luke Cordell. He joins me on the podcast. Luke, what clubs does this affect them?
7: Oh yeah, thanks for having me on. Yes, um, it's um, sad news, I suppose, for a lot of teams in Kent. The steps three to six are now declared null and void. Um, it probably wasn't a surprise because the government roadmap means that people can't play football until at least the end of March now, and a lot of seasons finish April, May anyway. So I don't think they would have had time to finish their seasons. Many which have only just begun really when when they shut down because of COVID. I think some teams had only played nine, ten games, even less than that for a few of them. And um, it can be a bit confusing with all the steps that um, it's kept mentioned. In non league football. Basically, it goes from step one in non league, the top level of of non league football. You've got Dover Athletic playing at step one, which is the National League. Um, I'll say playing, they're not actually playing at the minute because they can't afford to. So they're one of a handful of clubs that have told the National League that they can't play anymore. Um, Step two is National League South. Um, They have stopped, they've voted to stop play. So that's Ebbs Fleet, Maidstone, Tunbridge. Sorry, Tumbridge Angels and Dartford, so, so they've stopped. So now we've we've just been told that step three to six are finished. That's from Isthmian League Premier, Division 1 South East, it's the Southern Counties East Football League Premier Division and Division 1 as well of that. Um, so it does affect quite a substantial number of teams in Kent. Folkestone and Margate play in the Premier Division of the Isthmian League and you've got loads of teams in, in Division 1 of that. Um, League, Herne Bay, Ramsgate Faversham, Sevenoaks, could go on really and then Southern Counties, East League Chatham Town, Sheppard United, teams like that Canterbury City, Um, a lot of teams put a lot of money in to try and get promoted um, this season but it's it's all been for nothing really unfortunately for the second year running so it's quite a blow to a lot of those clubs.
2: So financially obviously it's been incredibly difficult but for the players mentally it must be pretty tough as well.
7: It's gonna be gonna be quite tough if you play non-league football and you're reliant on a few hundred quid in your pocket as a, a secondary income. I mean, most of these players are, you know, it's it's just a bit of sort of pocket money and a bit of extra money, and the government aren't gonna uh, put their hand in the pocket for the fifty pound goal bonus or anything like that for some of these players. So, yeah, it's, it's gonna hit them in the back pocket a bit, and not only just the finance. I suppose it's a way of life. Players at that level, Saturdays football. You know, it's, it's football day and most Tuesday nights as well, so they're kicking their heels, not doing a lot. Um, players that aren't on contracts and aren't furloughed through their football clubs could go and play Saturday or Sunday league football um, once um, football can recommence, which is at the end of March. So for for levels below what I've mentioned, those steps three to six, football can continue. So you've got the um, the Kent County League below the Premier Division can play on. You've got um, Saturday Football Leagues, Sunday Football Leagues. So you might end up seeing quite a um, a lot of decent players that might be playing at a higher level all of a sudden wanting to get involved in Sunday League games. So uh, the standard might be raised if those leagues want to continue because the FA have said that they are willing to extend the season till the end of June for those levels.
2: Thanks ever so much for joining us today, Luke. And in cricket, disappointment for Kent Zach Crawley as the third test with India ended in defeat for England. After top scoring in the first innings, the opening batsman suffered a golden duck in his second time out with a bat as England collapsed to 81 all out. They lost by 10 wickets as India reached the victory target of 49 in just eight overs and on day two of the test, they now lead the four-match series 2-1. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening Don't forget, you can subscribe to the IM News app. That's going to give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk.
1: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks.